Hey everybody, this is Jamie Uretsky on the lighter side of baseball, and you know when you hear that awesome music, it is time for the show to begin. And last show was kind of a bummer. I mean, now we're at the quarter pole. We're 25% done with the season, and teams are pulling away from one another. And so I've got a list of the uh, teams that uh, I thought would be good and are good, the teams that I thought would be bad and are bad. Pretty much no real surprises with the exception of a few teams. And I'll get to those in a little while. But for the time being, I want to uh, talk about last show in which I was off. I mean, every now and then, you're going to, you know, get one for 20 in a slump. And uh, I was like, the end of that podcast, which probably nobody got to because the static was going on and there was electricity in the air and it wasn't from the lightning, it was from a defective uh, short in my headset, which kept crackling. And I think any listener that uh, had had any activity going on in their head would have turned it off. And if you did turn it off, you missed the last part where I talked about my activities saving baseball for Kansas City Royals fans and for Omaha Royals uh, fans and fans of the College World Series. So if you really want to hear about how I saved those franchises, tune in to my last episode. At the end of this week, we are hoping to hook up with Craig Council, the manager of the... No, we're not going to get with Craig Council. We're going to get with Craig Kishan, uh, the play-by-play and favorite of the show. I'm going to try to get John Wathen back on the air. And on Monday, we are heading to a celebrity golf event, and uh, none other than Brett Saberhagen is going to be there, and uh, Bobby Dernier, and a host of other guys, some good, some bad. And uh, we'll see if we can't get a few sound bites there for the uh, listeners, the loyal listeners out there. But in the meantime, you know, I had the Astros in the wrong league. I had all sorts of strange things. I couldn't pronounce Shoho Atani's name. Uh, things were going bad. Now, there's still some things that are going bad. Injuries seem to be plaguing baseball. Mike Trout's on the DL. That's too bad. Right after they got rid of Pujols. Pujols goes with the Dodgers. That's a whole different story. We've got that unfolding. We've got Chris Bryant playing every position on the field he can possibly play as the Cubs showcase Chris Bryant to see who might want a center fielder, a first baseman, a left fielder, a right fielder, or a third baseman. And uh, let me tell you, if the Cubs trade uh, Chris Bryant, that is going to lose a lot of credibility. How do you find another Chris Bryant? Sign them or sell the team. I've said that before, and I'm on that kick. I'm on a lot of kicks. Kicks are recurring here. Uh, The speed of the games. Man, oh man, the Cubs can't get out of their own way. Four-hour baseball. And not too many hits. Now, the average is coming down, and I believe it's coming down a little bit around baseball because the umpires are broadening the strike zone. If you watch the game, the strike zones are getting bigger and bigger. And oh, by the way, that favors the pitcher. And we're about to set a record for the most no-hitters in one season before we get out of the month of May. It seems like every day somebody's throwing a no-hitter. Last night, Corey Kluber for the New York Yankees, first no-hitter in uh, this century. And then uh, we had uh, Turnbull for the Tigers just not even a couple days ago. Uh, We have had seven no-hitters, counting Madison Bumgarner, and I won't get back into that. 
But we have uh, we have a good show today, and we are going to talk about who succeeded uh, out of the gate and who fell flat on their face. I suppose the biggest face fall so far, the Minnesota Twins. They were expected to win or contend for the Central Division, and uh, they didn't do it. But they were involved with their arch rival, the Chicago White Sox, who I believe are probably one of, if not the best team in baseball, and that's without Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, or Luis, Luis Robert. No S, Robert. Not Roberts, Robert. Not like the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Dave Roberts. This is Louis Rock. Anyway, he's out. And so the White Sox have put in various other players to take their spots. And we remember how bad the uh, White Sox turned uh, after Eloy Jimenez got hurt in the playoffs last year. They lost, and so did uh, Renteria with regard to his employment. Which brings me to my topic that I wanted to talk about with the Minnesota Twins and the Chicago White Sox, and that is the worst manager in baseball, the guy that's in almost a controlled coma as he goes through the 2021 season. He's probably going to win the World Series, so we're going to have to hear press conference after press conference after press conference of basically a cadaver talking about what he remembers from the game. Oh my God, if you watched a Tony La Russa press conference lately, it's 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 just shame on Jerry Reinsdorf, my good buddy. You know, he wouldn't say I was his good buddy, and I'm not sure I'm not stretching it when I say he's my good buddy. We're friends, unless he listens to the podcast. But uh, I don't think he will. He listened to the podcast I did with Manny Sanchez, and that was world class, two of them. And uh, the chairman listened and liked. Uh, thought we were kissing his ass a little too much, but hey, what? Eh, guy, jeez, he turned... A hundred grand into uh, $4 billion, it's a pretty good trick. <laughs> Way to go, Jerry. Not to mention the Chicago Bulls. Anyway, so the Twins are getting their butts kicked by the White Sox, and they go to the proverbial, you know, regular roster guy on the mound. The interesting thing, now he was throwing the ball between 40 and 50 miles an hour, which... Come on, folks. If the guy's in the major leagues, he can throw faster than that. But obviously, Rocco Boldelli, uh, the manager of the Twins, told him, just, hey, go out there. Don't get hurt. Don't throw your arm out. You know, it's something you don't do every day. In fact, you've never done it. Go out there, throw the ball from the rubber. Now, not only was he slower than Stu Miller, the 1950s and 60s San Francisco giant pitcher that threw slow, slower, and slowest, but... He threw quickly. He threw three pitches in 15 seconds. Imagine, folks, what that would do to our game. And again, the way to do that is to have a gun go off, a horn go off, like the 24-second clock in basketball when the pitcher doesn't throw the ball within 15 seconds. This guy showed one thing, that you can throw three pitches in the major leagues in 15 seconds, and my hat goes off to him. So up are the White Sox by 15 or 16 runs over the Twins when this guy comes in. Has a 3-0 count on Mercedes-Benz, and Mercedes-Benz hits the fourth pitch out of the ballpark. I think it might have even been a grand slam. It's a home run. 
and so therein is the factual basis that precedes the controversy. Larissa, who this won't be the last time he screws up royally because he's old and he's in a position that old men should be more mentally acute than him. Dusty Baker can do it quite well. But Dusty's a stud. Tony's a thug, and he just gets worse every day. So, you know, he's blown two games with his inability to know the rules. He obviously didn't listen to a bench coach, because I'm sure out of all the 12 coaches on the team, from Daryl Boston to, to uh, Dave Duncan's kids, somebody must know the rules. And uh, either he didn't listen to them or he didn't care. I submit he didn't hear him because he's mentally checked out. He doesn't care if somebody else, you know, must fill out the lineup card. And, you know, Harold Reynolds goes, oh, the players love Tony. Well, no, they don't. They have to kiss his butt because they want to be in the lineup. I mean, he's the, he is the manager. And uh, why, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, Harold Baines would be better. Can you imagine the press conference with Harold? So, Harold, what was the key to the game today? Well, we hit the ball. Uh, who do you think will pitch tomorrow? Uh, I haven't thought that through. God love Harold. Great player, great hitter, not exactly a PR guy. And neither is Tony Larissa. Gone from bad to worse. Anyway, so here's Tony at the post-game press conference, and he basically calls out his player as clueless. His player doesn't know that when you're up by that many runs and you're facing a guy from the uh, regular roster, not a pitcher, you're not supposed to swing, especially at a 3-0 count where we gave you a take sign. Now, why in the world would they have a take sign uh, with a guy on the mound that isn't a pitcher? And if the Twins are dumb enough to put in that kind of a pitcher, then rack up the runs. Build your batting average. You know, you get paid at the end of the year in arbitration on how you did. So if you get a home run here or a home run there on a guy that's a non-pitcher, big deal. They're not going to go ahead and say, oh, hey, you know, subtract that one in arbitration. No. And here's this guy who's waited for 15. Now, 15 years to get in the major leagues, and all of a sudden he's there and he's doing great. And his manager calls him clueless. T-Bone, you know... Go take a nap and send Daryl Boston out to do the press conference. That was embarrassing. Now, if Mercedes-Benz said, what do you mean I'm clueless? You're the moron that didn't know the rules. You're the manager that lost two games for us because you didn't know the extra inning rules. So if anybody's clueless, Tony, it's you. And... You're apologizing to the other team? That goes over big with your, with your players. Hey, uh, Rocco, man, I apologize for this clueless human being that I happen to be putting in the lineup. He doesn't know the unwritten rules. Rocco would say, well, Tony, you don't know the written rules. How are you bagging on your player? Because he had the audacity to put up a home run off of a guy that I put in the game. The, the embarrassment should be on Rocco, not on Mercedes-Benz. I mean, this is a no-brainer kind of situation that La Russa has darkened. You know, this, oh, he's old school. No, he's not. He was a thug. 
He, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame. Give the devil his due. But, you know, he should no more be managing than me. And I think I would be better and I'd know the rules and I could defend my players. So the next day after LaRusso says to Rocco, hey, you know, I think he was wrong, but they'll figure out what to do about it. They throw at the guy. Then the, then the Twins guy gets thrown out for throwing at Mercedes-Benz. And it's all because friggin' LaRusso didn't handle it in-house. No, he's got to be the big guy, go out there and bag on his player. Come on. That was the most embarrassing press conference in the history of press conferences for the Chicago White Sox. Bar none. Bar none. This guy is a disgrace. He shouldn't be the manager, and it's not the last time this Yahoo's going to screw up. So, is he in Cooperstown? Yeah, I hear all of you people. You know, maybe somebody likes him. Now, there's a truth in advertising. I never liked Larusa after he fired Nelly, and I sure didn't like Larusa with some of the stuff he pulled in St. Louis and Oakland. Everywhere he goes, he's a sleazebag. He's lucky to have a job. Remember, I told you he wrote a eight-page letter begging for a job to my buddy's dad, who was in AAA baseball. Please let me manage a team. You know, I'm a lawyer. I've got stuff to offer. And um, I just am repulsed by the guy. <laughs> I shouldn't take this personally. Sorry, Nelly. You know, good, bad, or indifferent, this podcast is because of Nelly. I don't have him to talk to anymore. I could have called him and said, man, can you believe LaRusso? And he would have lit into Tony. That no good son of a gun, he, he just threw his player under the bus. What an idiot. Now he's going to bench him for seven games. And oh, by the way, between that line and the next day, the team obviously met and told Tony, just go back to sleep and we'll call you for the World Series celebration. Go back to sleep. I mean, all these guys come out and say that, uh, you know, if the Twins are dumb enough to throw that guy, have Adam. That was Lance Lynn, who's kind of become the spiritual leader of part of that team, saying, Tony, go back and hibernate. We'll call you when we break open the champagne. It's the same deal when LaRusso gets stopped for DWI. He goes, do you know who I am? He has an inflated ego that is a lot bigger than it deserves to be. All right. So... I've ranted and raved on LaRusso. I mean, talk about the pot calling the kettle black. That's what T-Bone did. So go back to retirement, Tony. Give us all a break and uh, bow out gracefully. Let, let uh, the chairman hire somebody that's deserving of the team because that team's going to win. It doesn't matter whether it's Tony LaRusso managing the team or somebody else. Team's great in a bad division. Uh, okay, so, yeah. Hey, this is fun. Back to it. Anyway, we are looking at talking about who's good and who's bad so far. The one preseason pick that I, your host, was spot on with was J.D. Martinez. Huh. Ah, this guy's having, talk about a bounce back year. This is spectacular. Knocking the ball out of the park. He's hitting. Man, oh, man. 
So, you know, people ask, well, what happened to the Red Sox outfield of Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Andrew Benatendi? It's gone, and the Red Sox are still leading their division. That's kind of cool. Um, I mean, I don't get baseball. How do you get rid of those guys? But, hey, you keep moving the hand around like gin rummy. So, who are the winners at the quarter pole? Now, we've still got a long ways to go. We aren't even out of May. You know, the White Sox are big-time winners. The Yankees are holding it together, but they're not quite as dominant as they thought they would be. Uh, the Nationals are in last place, but I think the, they will be on top when the season ends. The Cardinals are unbelievable. Who in their right mind would get rid of Nolan Arenado and Goldschmidt? I mean, how did those gems, those chunks of gold, land in St. Louis? And how about the Padres? Wow. Now, how about the uh, Dodgers? They're sort of the antithesis of the Giants who've been playing great. So it's fun to watch some of those teams. It's fun to watch the White Sox. They are an offensive threat, and the hitting is picking up. Even on the north side of Chicago, the hitting is picking up. Cardinals are killing the ball. The Nationals, you know, they'll be there. They'll be all right. The hanger-ons that I scratch my head in defiance of any economic principles that are in the major league world. Uh, the Rays, the A's, the overpaid Red Sox, the Giants are a spectacular surprise. The Indians are holding it in there, and so are the Astros. So if, did we talk about Pondo players, Pondo pools? Um, there are two companies that advertise what they have been doing, and that is they'll take prospects and the agents will be leading the charge on this. They'll pool the uh, group in the hopes that one or two of them will uh, get to the major leagues and then contribute money back so that what they do is while you're in the minor leagues, these pondo pools pay these players a living wage above and beyond what they negotiated in their contract, and they don't have to pay any money into the pondo pool until they get to the major leagues, and they promise to pay 10%. So, you know, it's like betting on the field in horse racing or in craps. All you're looking for is one guy in that group to break out. And uh, the pool roots for each other. And so you have guys in different organizations of comparable level when they get drafted that are pooling, pulling for everybody in the pool, which is kind of cool because that generally doesn't happen. Everybody... You're up against everybody else that hates your guts because they don't want you to get up to the major leagues and they don't, whether you're a prospect or not. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. But with the pool, you got guys that are, hey, you know, I watched video. Here's what you're doing wrong. Come on, let's get going. One pool member in a very interesting pool was Fernando Tatis Jr., and uh, he put $30 million in as he contractually was obligated to do of his $330 million contract. And uh, that's how the pools make money. God bless them. That's cool. I'm going to study up on it a little bit more. And when we do a podcast, we'll do one about betting and pondo pools and other things. Because betting has really become very prominent in baseball, which then you get into the Pete Rose deal Joe Jackson deal. How do you keep these guys out of the Hall of Fame? You don't. The losers are a little bit more easy to predict. The Texas Rangers are really bad. The Minnesota Twins are really bad for being really highly rated. 
The Orioles need Peter Angelos to get out of baseball. The Rockies need to move. They're just a bad group. Poor Bud Black, good manager, managing a bunch of bozos in a climate where you just can't win. The D-backs are horrible. The Marlins were good for a 60-game season. But guess what? We're playing 162, and the Pirates are just bad enough to be in the cellar of the Central Division of the National League, which has been actually better than people thought. The Pirates are not horrible. I'd say the worst team in baseball right now would be the um, the Pirates, the Marlins, the Orioles, and the Twins. And lo and behold, those teams are in the bottom of the uh, pay. And again, if you have a salary structure that's in the top 10% or top 10, that gives you a 70% chance to get in the playoffs, okay? So who have I not talked about in these groups of winners and losers at the poll? Well, the Blue Jays. And the Blue Jays are kind of a, a sad luck story and a, the biggest victim of the pandemic because they're playing in Dunedin, Florida, and the players hate it. I mean, they try to talk about how they've improved the ballpark, but it's so bad they're leaving and going to, back to Buffalo. Uh, which is a pretty good ballpark to play in, AAA franchise owned by Bob Rich. And so they'll at least have closer to a major league stadium than they have now. And the um, Brewers, we haven't talked about the Brewers. You know, at some point, and I'll talk to Craig about this on Friday, at some point I knew that Craig Council would overmanage. And overmanage he is doing. It's hurting the bullpen, and the bullpen's hurting the uh, team. I mean, they've got uh, Burns and Woodruff that are two of the best pitchers in baseball, and they, they can't win games because the middle of the bullpen's giving it up. And they lost two out of two to the Royals, another team that I didn't talk about. And I love what John Sherman has done with the Royals. He's added some pretty good players. The pitching's coming up, and they've yet to go to the uh, uh, minor leagues to get wit. Uh, Raul Montesi's uh, on the DL, so I think the Royals, I think the Royals are going to give the White Sox a run for their money, and that's exciting uh, because I think that um, I'm not a big Matheny fan, although I like him better than I did when he managed the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, you know, you know, I feel I won't talk about Tony Larusa anymore. So we're going to take a break. We're going to have some music. We're going to get back and talk a little bit about. Whatever it is that uh, is on my mind when the break is over. So, on the lighter side of baseball, heard on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple iTunes for free. Uh, this is Jamie Rescue saying, send this to your friends. Let's get the listeners over 2,000. Folks, we are back, and in the oncoming podcasts, we are going to the golf tournament on Monday and hopeful to get some people to talk. Uh, we've got Craig Council. Uh, he's not going to be here. we got Craig Kishan. He will be here. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, oh, the effect of the pandemic and the effect of easing the restrictions in Major League Baseball, which is going to be really, really good news. 
Let's talk about the Royals. Uh, beginning May 31st and for the rest of the year, supposedly, they are lifting all restrictions. So I am back to my season tickets location, which is really exciting. I can't wait. Uh, there won't be masks because you're on your best honor, which I've been vaccinated and who in their right mind hasn't been vaccinated. And you can go try some of the food. So we'll do that. We'll get back to our uh, mustard stain rating of hot dogs. Then the Cubs. The Cubs have not yet gone to full stadium capacity. They're at 60%. I believe that by July, the Cubs will be back in business and I will be in my seats that I haven't sat in for two years. That'll be exciting. I won't be wearing a mask and I can walk around the ballpark and look for something that looks remotely edible. Okay? Uh, because right now the Wrigley food is worse than the Royals food and that's saying something. So maybe we'll have a competition between Kansas City, Chicago, and anywhere else that I happen to go to see of the places I actually visit. You know, Major League Baseball or MLB Network, they copied me. They've got a, you know, like a NCA brackets for the best food. And, uh, you know, it's, it's weak, but they got gambling, they got food choosing, they've got all sorts of stuff, but it can't be any more exciting than on the lighter side of baseball. And uh, that's what we have. So we got that opening up. We have uh, masks coming off, and we have the pandemic uh, getting under control as more people get vaccinated. So if you haven't been vaccinated, go get it done. It's not anything but smart. Anyway, look at the look at the trial. You know, now the trial instead of a couple thousand people, it's thirty-five million people, and. Uh, even though the Yankees supposedly had a couple guys get sick after they had uh, their vaccinations. Uh, you know, I'm not sure the testing is as good as the vaccinating. So before you stop and get tested, go get vaccinated. That's my, yeah. Now, so who for this year would you pay to go see? Again, I would have paid and I should have paid to go see Lester and sure and, uh, uh, well, Scherzer would have been fun, fun game to watch, too, as the Cubs dropped that game 4-3 to three with Scherzer getting the win, Arietta getting the loss. But, um, you know, Lester returned to Wrigley Field, and um, he came back with the half of the team uh, from the Nationals that have Cub ties, including Schwarber, who hit a home run in his first game, and everybody loves Schwarber except me, apparently. I... I'd rather have Jack Peterson out there than Schwarber. Peterson's a more consistent hitter, and he's a better fielder. But God loves Schwarber. I mean, he's a World Series hero. And, uh, you know, do you keep them? Am I being hypocritical when I say sign Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, and Contreras? But I'm glad they got rid of Schwarber. I don't know. You know, Lester's cruising, but just about a good number five guy. Arietta's a good number five guy. How many number five guys can you have? Um, Dave Martinez, the manager, formerly bench coach. Jim Hickey, formerly the pitching coach for the Cubs, now the pitching coach for the Nationals. A couple guys on the uh, Nationals were drafted by the Cubs, in addition to, obviously, uh, Schwarber playing out there in left field occasionally. So that was fun.
That was a cool deal. And uh, I'd pay to see Kershaw all day long. I'm going to go to the Cardinals series in Chicago. I'm going to go to the Red Sox series in Kansas City because uh, Martinez is worth the price of admission. I think the Padres, whenever you can get to the Padres game, I'd go to a Padres game. Uh, I want to go to Detroit. I want to, you know... It's just mentally exhausting to sit down and expect a four-hour game with the Cubs. Um, it just is. It's just a slow-paced game. Speed it up. Get it down to three hours. I can live with that. Figure out a way to penalize the pitcher if he doesn't throw the ball every 15 seconds. Please, please, please. Anyway, I think the mood's been a little bit better. The Cubs are playing a little better. The Brewers aren't playing so good. The Reds are kind of falling by the wayside, which I don't. I just don't figure out how that can happen. The Dodgers are something. The Giants are rallying. That's kind of fun. The Padres are awesome. And, uh, you know, the stinkers are still the stinkers. So that's just uh, the way it is, and baseball seems to be intent. I think everybody's going to be happy when uh, the crowds are back and the food is better. Um, and so, anyway, this is Jamie Uretsky on the lighter side of baseball Thanking you for listening to me go solo. Hopefully, we'll have a couple guests in the next couple weeks. And then around June 20th, we're going to try to do a little bit of a tribute to our good buddy Dave Nelson. So there you have it for uh, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and my Facebook page, and even SoundCloud, the original podcast player. This is wishing you... A great day, hit them straight, and we will see you the next time on the lighter side of baseball.